Welcome to Chapels from Rosedale Bible College. Thanks for joining our community for weekly chapels recorded on our campus in Rosedale, Ohio. We hope you are challenged and inspired by what you hear. Enjoy. So, good morning, everybody. When you hear this one go, go off, I still have four, five more minutes, so don't go anywhere. It's just for, for me to keep track of time. Is this working? It is working, okay. Well, yeah, thank you for the invitation to, to share with uh, Roosevelt Bible College. It's a privilege to be here for the first time. That is my family. Um, let me begin there. <clears throat> that, of course, um, let's see. The handsome guy to the right is me. <laughs> My daughter, Alexa, who's um, trying to finish a degree at Eastern Maryland Missions. Um, my wife, Mariana. My granddaughter, <clears throat> Sophia, she's now four years old. And my son, Pablo, and his now deceased wife. Two years ago, she passed away. She lost her bout to bone cancer. Uh, painful, painful situation for, for the whole family. She was one of the strongest believers I ever met in my life. And probably the best thing that ever happened to my son. So my son and my granddaughter now live with us in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Let me just share a little bit of my, about my life, um, my life experience, my life as a disciple of Jesus following the Lord. By the way, before I go there, I just want to say that I'm truly, truly excited to actually be able to meet Joel Walter this morning for the first time ever. We have connected via Zoom. Uh, we have this wonderful global community, leaders from five continents. We, get to, we come together every month for prayer and encouragement, and she's always there. And we were texting the other day, and I said, yeah, I'm going to be in the region. Maybe we should meet. And I wanted to meet her. She, is the, the, uh, she was married to Richard Schwalter, who is my predecessor as, as a president at Eastern Mennonite Missions. And so, yeah, great time meeting her. Looking forward for more conversation with you. A little bit about um, us, EMM. But before that, I, I was 10 years old in 1975 when um, a missionary from Eastern Mennonite Missions came down to Tegucigalpa. His name was Ed King from Liberty, Ohio, actually. And he came with his family for the second time to Tegucigalpa, to Honduras. And he was there not as a church planter, not interested in launching any movement amongst the young people. He was there teaching people, Honduran people, how to read and write. He was with Alpha Lit, this NGO. However, something happened very interesting to this man. As he was doing his work with his wife, connecting with all these young people around the city of Tegucigalpa, he realized, they realized that people were hungry for God. And people began asking questions about the meaning of life. Who is God? What is the meaning of, 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 of life? What, what am I supposed to do with my life? 
How can I find a sense of direction? How do I do this? And they began to disciple a number of people. At some point, they came back to EMM and said to the, the president at that point, and they, they said something like this, we have a problem. The problem is that we are not there to plant any church. I have not been trained as a pastor. I don't know how to do this. You, EMM, you president of EMM, you need to send somebody there to help us. President of EMM at that point said, well, that's a good question. Um, it was not Richard, by the way, at that point, I don't think. And he said, let us think and pray about this, and we'll come back to you soon with an answer or ideas. And they did. They called back and said, good news and maybe not so bad, not so good news for you, okay? Let me begin with the, the good news. Yes, EMM is doing something to, to, to face this situation you, you're working with. Second thing is, God is calling you to do the work. Are you willing for this task, to take this task? And he said, well, let me pray about it. They went back to the Lord, and they felt this conviction that God was calling them to take this responsibility and they did. And they did a wonderful work. So in 1975, I was 10 years old. My brother, Alan, who's older than me, three years older than me, came to the house really excited about having met this, this, uh, this brother. He said to me, Marvin, I've never heard anybody in my life speak about Jesus in this way. This guy seems to be in love with Jesus Christ. And I said, Jesus, the guy on the cross? Well, I was a Roman Catholic at that point. So the guy on the cross, the guy who's dead, and that guy? Yeah, Jesus. But he speaks about him in ways that you need to hear this guy. And I said, no, thank you. I'm good. I mean, I'm Roman Catholic, right? My parents are Roman Catholic. I don't need any of this. So leave me alone. But he's my older brother. He took me with him, right? So I had to go. And I went to this round-down patio public school system, part of the school system in Tegucigalpa, round-down school in the middle of a patio there, no roof on top, just the skies, just the, the, the stars of Tegucigalpa, yeah, the, you know, the, the, the stars in Tegucigalpa, silly. The, 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 so we were there, and then what happened is this guy, gets to the pulpit, and begins to preach the good news. And every word that he said, my, my tender heart of 10 years old was, was soaking, was taking that word. At some point, he said something that we sometimes don't do anymore in our churches, right? He said, I'm here to tell you, young people, that you can have a relationship with God that will change the rest of your life. It will impact you forever. Not just in this life, but eternally. And I said, and he said, come forward, I want to pray for you. And I said, well, yeah, I want to know God in this way. So I went forward, he looked at me and said, young man, do you know what you're doing? I said, well, you said if I wanted to meet the Lord, and I, I do want to do, I want to do that. Pray for me. And he did it, I'll do that, I'll pray for you. And he prayed, and I prayed with him, and then he prayed some more, and I follow up. 
and I was born again. I knew in my heart I was born again. Seven years, fast forward seven years, we are now in the mountains of Tegucigalpa surrounding, those of you who have been to Tegucigalpa know that the city is surrounded by mountains. We're in a retreat with about 700 people, young people mostly, sitting on the ground. And again, he did what he did so well. He stood up and he began to preach the good news. And at some point he said, young people, God is calling a number of you to go to the world from this tiny country in Central America. I'm from Honduras, right? This tiny country in Central America, God is calling you to go to the world. And he did something that I, 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 I seldom see anybody doing anymore, but he began calling people by name. And I was sitting right there in front, right? And I, and I felt, I hope he doesn't call my name. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm good. I, I'm ready to go to university. I, I love my country. I don't have a specific need to leave my country. But he began to name people, and then, yes. And you too, Marvin. God is calling you. And he looked at me. And I looked his eyes, and he said, come forward. I want to pray for you. I said, all right. And I went, and he said, Marvin, do you know what you're doing? I said, I have no idea what I'm doing. No idea. And then he said, my friends, he said, I don't know why, I don't know when. I don't understand why I'm doing this. But you know what? God is calling your name. Because there might be a Jesus movement within your hearts, young people. And God is calling you. And he prayed for me that day. And um, in 1994, my wife and I decided to go to the mission fields, and we came to the United States of America. The United States of America. You might be thinking, well, yeah, this is the second largest country in the world with most, uh, where, where Spanish is, is, is mostly spoken. But there's about 60 million, 56 to 60 million people in the United States. I speak Spanish. So for the last 30 years, my wife and I have been working in different states. We began in Louisiana, then we moved to Texas, then to Florida, then to Virginia, and now in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, serving the Lord as church planters, youth pastors, uh, senior pastors, different, different capacities. 46 years after that moment in 1975 when I surrendered my life, surrendered my life to Jesus as Lord, 46 years passed. And one day I'm working, minding my own business. I'm working in my computer as I usually did in my house. I was working from my house. And I get this email that says, Marvin, this email is coming from EMM. We wonder if you would be interested in applying to the position of, of president of the organization. 46 years. It took 46 years for a disciple of Ed King, who was a disciple of Jesus, to take the responsibility of leading the organization that sent him in the first place to share the good news with me. One scripture that um, guides my life all the time is what perhaps one of my favorite scriptures of all time is Romans 1, chapter 16. 
For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. I believe in this scripture. I believe in global missions. I believe in God's calling upon the life of each and every one of his disciples because I, I lived this experience for, for the last 47 years of my life. God is at work calling each and every one of us. Perhaps I'm here today. My intention was not to be here today, as you will know. I, I'm here for another reason. I'm here in the city uh, of Columbus having conversations with Roswell International, uh, with uh, Frontier Ventures people, with uh, Virginia Mennonite Missions people, and EMM, hoping to find ways to mobilize Latino believers to the rest of the world, to the 1040 window, um, where, is, where there's much need of workers. We keep praying to the Father, send workers to the mission fields, Lord. I just came back from Thailand and spent about 10 days with the Isan people, Northeast Thailand. This is, this is a, a people group made of uh, about 22 million people. Less than 1% of them know about Jesus Christ. There's simply no believers. There's no churches around. There's no access to the good news. People will be born, live their whole lives, and die without ever, ever, ever meeting a believer or having spent time in a church or doing what we just did today this morning, worshiping God together, right? They don't know anything about it. And so we believe that God is calling more people from the global south uh, to go, in a way, because we have this shortage right now of people from the West who are interested in going. But who knows? Maybe I'm speaking to someone right now. Maybe, I'm, maybe God brought me to speak to you today. Yes, to you and to you and to you. Because God has this calling upon your life and you've been struggling about it. Just pay attention to what God is saying to you. Right? There's a reason. There's a reason for everything we do. Anyway, so a little bit about EMM quickly. So we have moved from Salonga, where we, where we had our headquarters for many, many, many years, to 450 North Prince, right in the heart of Lancaster City. This is our building that we uh, bought about two years ago. We moved to about two years ago, renovated the building. This is an aerial view of the building. We have a wonderful solar panel there, I mean, the solar modules, uh, about 150 of those, providing significant power to our, our building. And then now Lancaster LMC, a fellowship of Anabaptist churches, is now sharing our space. So we're working together along with EMM. And um, this is our leadership team. Just, just for you to see some faces here. These are the people who help us lead the organization. Christ transforming love compels us to cross cultures, engage the world, and make disciples of Jesus. This is our, our vision statement. This is what we do, and this is what we do every day. This is what we hope to do every week and every month and every year. We want to cross cultures. We want to make disciples of Jesus. We have identified at this point at EMM five specific regions in the world 
and this is, this is a vision that we're calling beyond our horizon vision, or multi kingdom multiplication in five regions in the world, including Lancaster, uh, Pennsylvania, because refugees and immigrants are in our backyard and they're coming like, like crazy. They are coming all the time to Lancaster City and in uh, the county, and that uh, we are engaging, we're trying to be a welcoming presence right there in the city for all of them. There's a lot of ministry happening right in our backyard, right there in Lancaster. But we are also singled out for international regions, West Africa, Central Europe, Central Asia, and Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia is where we have our largest team at this point. Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, etc., Indonesia. Quickly, in the, in, the, in the few minutes I have still, I want to just say this to you. This framework, the be, do, go framework, be has to do with design, has to do with identity. Who are you in Christ? Who are you in the Lord? Purpose, the do has to do with purpose. What are you supposed to do with your life? And finally, position or go has to do with where is it that God is calling you to, to promote the, the greatest impact in the world for the sake of the kingdom of God, right? So basically, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, according to John chapter 10. And in this loss, in, this, uh, in, in the fall, we humans have experienced this loss, a loss of identity and relationship. Who am I created to be? I, I, used, to, I used to, some years ago, I was the, the multicultural uh, services director for Eastern Maryland University for about eight years of my life. And even though that was not my, my role, I would have young people all the time in my office asking questions about, about that. Who am I? Can you help me, Marvin, understand? What am I doing here? Why, why am I pursuing this career or this major? What am I supposed to do with my life? Who am I? This question of identity in the Lord, I think is crucial for each and every person, each and every disciple of Jesus to grapple with. About 170 times in, in, in scriptures, we find, especially in the works, in the works um, of the Apostle Paul, we find this language in Christ, in Him, through Christ. All of this is identity language that we need to pay attention to. By the way, this is a great example of what I'm talking about. Can we read all of us this together? Therefore, if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. That, by the way, this book is a great resource in case you're interested about learning more about identity in the Lord. And identity, the identity question, who am I in this world? It's, it's, it's a question that we're all asking, not just young people. I know people who are grown up who are asking the very same question. Who am I? What am I supposed to do? Important questions. So this is a, a, a who am I created to be? Um, my unique identity in Christ. Secondly, a loss of purpose. Again, in the fall, we, the human race, have lost this connection with what am I supposed to do? What is my mission in life? What am I made for? 
why am I here to begin with, right? I have those types of conversations with my kids all the time, right? Who are you? What are you supposed to do? And so before the thief's deception introduced sin to the world, work was joyful and full of meaning. But how can we become a mature and fruitful and effective version of that which God has called us to be? Right? How can we uh, be busy learning or embracing that identity and also working towards a mature expression of it? Very important question to ask. What am I created to do with my life? This is a purpose. This is a mission type of question. And finally, uh, so do has to do with this unique mission in life. What are you here for? What are you here for? So the first one has to do with, the B has to do with identity. Who am I? And based on who, who, who God says I am, right, what am I supposed to do with that in my life? I have a hunch that a number of you are here pursuing a degree in this institution because you have a sense that this is the right place for you to be. This is where you need to be at this moment in life, perhaps. This mentoring, this uh, learning, this community that you're experiencing in this place is, is, is what God might be using at this point in life to shape you into who you will become in a few more years. So a loss of place, this is the third thing, a loss of position. We are lost. We don't know where we belong. Where am I created to go? This is a question about compatibility. It's a question about location. Where can I provoke or be used by God to provoke the most impact for the kingdom of God? So based on your be and your do, where in the world can you make that impact in the world? Some statistics says that 95% of all of us disciples of Jesus, how many disciples of Jesus in this place today? Just, just show hands. Yeah, some of you are, I don't know, maybe. Maybe, I don't know, who knows. How many disciples of Jesus actually here? Am I speaking to disciples of Jesus? Well, okay, that's fine. You don't have to raise your hand. I'm cool with that. But you know what? Um, about 95% of us will be called specifically to your local immediate mission fields. God wants to use you within your immediate community of disciples, your local church, here in this campus. God wants to use you here. How many of you know that all of us are actually called to make disciples of Jesus? We are. But 5% of us, though, are called to the global task. Yes, God is calling a number of you. I don't know who you are. We just met today. But God is calling some of you specifically. God is calling your name. Look at me. Look at me attentively. God is calling your name to go to the world. One out of three human beings in this world have never heard. One out of three, close to three billion people have never heard the good news. The reason organizations like EMM exist, Rosdale International and many others exist, because we want to do something about that. I still believe that the gospel is the power of God for salvation here in this life 
and in the eternal for everybody. And everybody deserves, by the way, to hear a clear presentation the way I did from Ed King. A clear, uh, an honest presentation of the kingdom of God, of Jesus as Savior and Lord. So where are we supposed to go? It's about our unique position. So this scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, can we read this again? To, just this side of the house. Let's just this side of the house read it, okay? For we are his words mentioned. Excellent. You should. How about we, we do the same thing here with this side? For we. I want to suggest to you that this scripture actually addresses the be and do and go. Say with me, be, be do, do, and go. go. There's something you learn from this conversation today is that. Be, do, and go. I think this addresses that. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. This is identity language again. Right? The apostle is saying, this is who you are. This is who you are. How? This is who you are. I hear you, Siri. Okay? Uh, but we are for a specific purpose, for good works that God has prepared ahead of, ahead of time for you. So there's a plan. What Ed King was saying to us back in the mountains of Tegucigalpa so many years ago was, Marvin, there's a plan for your life. There's a reason why you're here. Embrace that. Embrace it wholeheartedly. Devote your life to this calling. Live for others. Right? Make a difference in the world. And so God prepared that so that we walk in them. So identity, that's the B. Good works is the do and the going, the walking in, is the go. Finally, oops, finally, imagine the impact of releasing a movement of young people. And by the way, I love the opportunity of speaking to young people today. I want to do more of this. Thank you for inviting me. Appreciate it. Imagine the impact in the world of young people who understand clearly who they are in Christ, embrace their calling to the fullest. This is what I am. I'm a disciple of Jesus that makes more disciples of Jesus that in turn make more disciples of Jesus that live in this kingdom of God movement that Jesus came to launch, right? That changes the world one person at a time. One disciple of Jesus at a time. This is who I am. And I'm also somebody within the fivefold ministry, maybe. Right? I'm a disciple of Jesus. That makes more disciples according to 2 Timothy 2 2. But I'm also somebody within these fivefold ministries. We sometimes call this the apis typology, right? Maybe God is calling me as an apostle, somebody who goes, who initiates new things. Maybe I'm a prophet. And this person 
that keeps us honest before the Lord, right? They always say, hey, this is what the Lord says. And then maybe I have this evangelistic impulse. I cannot help it but share with others about Jesus all the time. I just want to share my life with others, right? Or maybe you are a shepherd. My daughter, by the way, is such a shepherd. She's always developing community around Jesus, right? She's always bringing people to him in that way. And, or a teacher, always interested in digging in, into the Word of God and learning what God is saying. Who are you? So the question to end, just to be, just to be in agreement with Siri here. Question for us is, who are you? In Christ. What are you supposed to do with your life? I have no idea. Most of you would say, I, I don't know. It's too early. I don't know. God knows. Connect with what God is saying to you. Seek for counsel. Seek for mentors. Hear attentively the, God, the, the word of the Lord to your life. Where are you supposed to go? The be, the do, and the go. I want to submit that framework to you to think about, to ponder, and uh, who knows? Maybe there's a Jesus movement within you, and you don't even know it now, right? When Elkin said to me, I, fi I, fi I finalized with this. Elkin said, I want to pray for you that day, Marlene. I said, I don't know. I don't trust me. I don't know. I, I, who am I? This is Honduras for crying out loud. I mean, nothing good comes out of this place. It's such a tiny country. We don't have any resources. Global missions? Who knows what that is? But the word of the Lord was fulfilled in my life. And I'm here to testify about that. If it happens to me, it could happen to you. Maybe God is calling your name too. Can we pray? You want to stand up? Pray with me? Some of you might want to raise your hands. I don't know, maybe. Just raise your hands. Close your eyes here. Raise your hands to the Lord. So, Father, here we are in this beautiful chapel setting. Who am I in you, Lord? Help me realize, understand, and embrace my calling in life. That doesn't mean that I have to become a missionary to the other side of the world. It means that, that I need to embrace my calling as a disciple of Jesus that makes more disciples intentionally and relationally. Help me, Father, get busy embracing and becoming that person you want me to be. I want to be that person, Lord, that you thought, that you imagined I could be, that you planned that I could be. I want to I put aside any obstacles in my life that would hinder me from connecting fully with who you want me to become, Lord. There's so much potential in this place, Jesus, Lord, in this room right now. Some of these brothers and sisters might, might be called to go and impact communities around the globe where Jesus is not known yet. Oh, that would be amazing, Father, if you would do something like that. But, Father, where are you also calling us to go? So the be and do and go, Lord, we want to think about this today and next coming weeks. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray. And we all say amen, amen. and amen. God bless you all. Thank you.
Thanks for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please share so others can benefit from it as well. And be sure to check out our other podcasts at rosedale.edu slash podcasts.